BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today we are joined by your number one source in all things next in fashion, Albert Ayal, the mastermind behind everyone's favorite Instagram account, Up Next Designer. He has become widely known across Twitter and Instagram for being your plug in the fashion industry, finding fashion's most emerging designers and sharing them on his platform. Today, we are talking about all of the emerging designers you need to know, especially post-Oscars, where we saw some incredible new designs and designers on the red carpet. If you don't already follow Up Next Designer, go shoot him a follow. He talks about a ton of designers on today's episode that he references on his Instagram, so it'd be helpful for you to see and save. If you haven't followed the show yet, please shoot us a follow and leave us a review. It really helps the show grow, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on each episode. And of course, for more behind the scenes, you can always follow me for more at Perez on Instagram. I hope you guys have an incredible week ahead and love this interview. Here's my conversation with my friend, Albert Ayel. How are you? Oh, very exciting to be on here. I know. I'm so excited. I was really inspired by the Oscars and how many names there were that I just didn't know. I thought there were so many that would be really fun to discuss on the show today for people who might not know. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, I feel like the carpets are really these moments where these up and coming designers could really have their careers changed overnight. Totally. So I'm always so grateful for the stylists and the celebrities that get to put on these designers. So I really look forward to seeing like who's going to wear what and what are they going to wear? So I'm definitely very excited to talk about this with you. Oh my God. And you collabed with my favorite account of all time this season. Check Check the the tag. tag. I die for check the tag. Like, I don't know who they are. I know that they're based in Brazil, but like, I am just like obsessed with this like little band of like amazing people who are just IDing every single major look on the carpet. It's so good. They're so good. So we're literally like machines. So we just like put our efforts together and we have like this huge Excel document and I was texting all the stylists and the celebrities. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? And getting their info. And then they're looking through Vogue Runway. Like it was just such a cool teamwork. So I was very happy to do it with them. I've obviously been a huge fan of yours for so long, but watching you grow on Instagram and Twitter has been so much fun. And it's just, I really, truly love and appreciate all of the knowledge and background that you're bringing to the fashion world right now. It's really fun. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to keep it fun, trying to keep it accessible and, and just exciting. So you were obviously the person that in my mind, when I wanted to talk about emerging designers, I was like, well, I have to have Albert on the show. It wouldn't make sense if I absolutely oh my didn't. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm really excited to jump in today. I feel like there are so many 
new designers right now, if there is someone that is coming to mind for you right now off the bat that you're just like, this person, I'm watching them nonstop. I love everything they do, their collabs, their partnerships, everything spot on. Who is it? I'm going to say Miss Sohi. That was mine too. That was yours as well. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've been watching her from the beginning. We actually did a AAPA together on my page where she was answering questions and just like giving advice in the fashion industry and how she got into it. But she's was a regular girl that graduated out of school in London. I think it was Central St. Martins. Yes. And she's changing the industry with her embroidery, with her royalty, with all the beautiful um, pieces that she makes. You see the effort that she puts into it. And she just debuted during Couture. So I feel like that was such a very big deal for her. And just seeing her on the carpet, you know, it's like a showstopper. And also, you know, it's Miss Sohi. So I think she's definitely someone that I really wanted to see on the carpet. And I'm happy I did, which was on she, Megan Fox wore her. Yes, it was stunning. Like, and with the red hair, I loved it. I loved the colors. Beautiful. First of all, did you know that she's 26 years old? Crazy. She's so young. Crazy. Beautiful. Like, beautiful. She actually, I was looking into her a little bit recently. She graduated Central St. Martin's during COVID and basically built all the ideation for this brand until that point where she was able to launch post-COVID. And the fact that she was just 25 and 26 years old to be 25 and be able to ideate what Miss Sohi is ideating is, I just want to be inside her brain. Like her references, everything she's bringing to the table, it's just immaculate. I really agree with you. I feel like her story is very different because she, I, I'm not sure if this is completely true, but this is just what I've been seeing. So I think she started with very like PR. I think she like launched like this really beautiful gown. And then from there, she got attention from a lot of editors. She didn't have a publicist. She was doing this all by herself. And they were reaching out to her and Miley and Cardi B. And they all wanted to wear her one-of-one pieces that she was making. And she just kept on turning over these pieces to like every different stylist and magazine editor. And, and from there, we just saw her like on covers and carpets. And then I think Christian Cowan did a collab with her, which was a really cool thing for her, where she collaborated with Christian on like a beautiful collection. And then from there, I think she launched Ready to Wear. So I remember announcing the Ready to Wear launch with her. And then now she sold on net porte and she's sold all over. So I think her approach was very different. It wasn't really sellable at first. And then now like she has tops, skirts, dresses, gowns, which people are buying left and right. Well, that's how Christopher John Rogers started. And that is what I always think is the best way to go. I love that trajectory because I think it, to me, it feels like you're not sacrificing anything in terms of the vision for the mass appeal. I remember when Christopher was first getting started, he wasn't making what he's making now, beautiful skirts, sweaters, the knitwear. He was going all the way with the most gorgeous gowns that are so true to him. And so our first introduction to him was that. And the same thing with Miss Sohi. So we never had this moment where we had to be like, oh, is this a full ready-to-wear collection? Like, no, out the gate. I'm like, this person means business. Like this here, this person is here to like, designed for red carpets and give us major glam. Very true. CJR is an amazing um, example, by the way, because I, I've watched the growth as well. And it's really cool to see how they take that approach instead of going like, OK, I want to make money. I want to sell clothes. I want to sell T-shirts, sweaters. But instead, they go for the extravagant. And then from there is where they create this brand and this identity where they continue it, which is really cool. Have you watched Next in Fashion yet? Not yet, but I want to be on the show. Yes. Oh, my God. We're manifesting I, this now for you be because you absolutely so, should be. You I would be a perfect be guest. So cool if I was like a guest or just because I know a lot of these designers before. Right. So 
It right. was just so cool to see them on TV. All I'm but saying like, right now for everybody listening is that if you ha- if you love fashion and you have not watched this show yet, watch it because it is like joy per- personified in a show. It is innovation and it is truly, I feel, what fashion really is today it, and what this real story is of so many designers. I loved the show, but the reason that I brought it up is because there was something so interesting about who wins. I'm not going to spoil it, guys, I promise. But I do think that, you know, watching the show, there were so many people who I was like, oh, the construction, the design, the wearability, the marketability is so there. But in terms of the winner, I think what they were really looking for is someone who has a very distinctive vision and can market that vision. And I feel that really strongly strongly with Miss Sohi that if Gemma Chan walks on the red carpet, I can say that's a Miss Sohi dress. And I think that's actually really hard to accomplish today. I think a lot of people feel like they need to transform into something to become marketable or be able to, hey, okay, I want to make this dress, but I need to change this and this so that a porte will buy it. Like, I think that designers really do feel that they have to fit into certain molds. And something that I really took away from watching Next in Fashion was that the best designers are people who have such a clear, distinctive vision and can market that vision. Identity. 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 Like. I it is it, I don't care how well you can construct a dress if you don't have a consistent identity between everything that you're producing I don't think you're going to go as far in fashion today. It's true by the way. We had this conversation in Milan. You have to create this identity whichever industry you're in. I mean being like a uh social media platform or being a designer or an artist like you everyone has their own identity and what makes you you. So it was something that we were supposed to discuss that we didn't end up. So uh, I'm happy you're bringing it up. Is there someone right now, let's keep it to the emerging world, that you feel like identity is also so strong? For sure. I would say Miss Sohi was a great one. Charlotte Knowles is a good one as well. I, I just feel like they stay true to their identity with like the layering, with like the the corsets, the materials, the different patterns that they use. Do you like the, the rebrand? I just don't... There are some rebrands that I think are necessary. I don't think this one was. Yeah, I mean, I I understand like her like her perspective how she wants to like maybe get more mass market, be sold in more stores, and not be like a full name like Charlotte Knowles. But I think it makes a brand so unique when it's like their full name, and it like sh- I don't know, it just shows like they're a designer, they're making it themselves. It's like not like a like Alexander McQueen, for example. Like it's just a beautiful long name and like you know the background and you know how it started and so I just I feel like I love I love that about like just having your full name as your brand like even Rosie Asulin you know it's not just Rosie or Asulin you know what I mean I think people really think they need to be like short concise roll off the tongue but I Mm -hmm. think that when it comes to fashion the more I know about a designer like Zach Posen I'm I'm in love with Zach Posen because I love Zach Posen it's a, I, I also want to fall in love with the designer. So I think that's a big part of it. I agree. I, I wish that they kept it, but I still think the brand is really strong. No, the brand's definitely really strong. And I love how we also still say Charlotte Knowles. Like we're not <laughs> even saying Knowles. I know. It's interesting that we ended up landing in Charlotte Knowles talking about identity and talking about the name, because I do think that having your full name allows your customer to understand your identity a bit more. I also loved, I love, love, loved, because I thought, again, it was very true to the identity, but felt like something fresh. I love that Emma Chamberlain wore them on the carpet of Vanity Fair. This mm-hmm. feels like a really natural extension of the brand. I loved the fabrics. I loved that she worked with them. Custom. She, it was a custom. She's worked with them in the past. 
I do love when talent finds these emerging designers and continues to build the relationship. And then new iterations of those collections come out from that point. I loved it. I didn't know it was Knowles at first until I asked yeah. for stylists and they're like, it's Knowles. I see it. You know, I see with the sheer and the sexy and the cutouts and the, I, I was able to see once they let me know. I was like, it makes sense. Yeah. I love her stylist, Jared Elner too. I think that he's, oh, he's so, amazing. He's, amazing. he's amazing. And if you guys are listening and don't follow him right now, he's a great person to follow if you're constantly on the hunt for new designers. Cause I feel like he does a great job at tapping the up and coming and putting them on these really large stages but then at the same time, finding the up and coming, partnering them with talent and creating something that blends for both. I love what he does as a stylist and especially with Emma Chamberlain. I just think that he is chef's kiss. Literally, I agree with you. We actually had a moment this weekend at the Oscars after party. Basically, Jared is a is a supporter of Up Next Designer and he loves what we're doing. And I really love him and his support. And we posted this designer named Colin Lacasia. Colin Lacasio is who Iris Apatow wore at yes. Vanity Fair. So that was through Jared. So Jared saw the video on my page. I went to Colin's first show in New York City and I recorded this look that I saw that was just so beautiful with flowers and, and it was just such a beautiful look. And I spoke to Colin after the show and I'm like, Colin, so tell me about this look. And he was telling me how it's inspired by his grandmother, Francis, basically him and his grandma he always hung out with her and she always loved gardens and always spoke about flowers and always just took into the garden. And they just really loved like to look at nature and flowers together. And that's really what his collection was inspired by. Oh. And I posted this video and I was like, I dream to see this on a carpet. And then all of a sudden this look came out and I'm like, wow, we did this guys. Like this was so exciting to see. And I texted Jared. I'm like, Jared, this is so major. Thank you so much. He's like, thank you. It's just such an un unbelievable moment that we got to do together. I'm so happy to support Colin. And now Colin's texting me that his phone's blowing up and ah. someone sell him and wear him. And, and it's just really so exciting to see that happen and really just like, just go from runway to a red carpet, whether you're a small designer, big designer, just such a cool opportunity that I feel like designers always appreciate it. I love that. And I also think it, it, it is such a monumental moment because it's such a big risk for these designers to invest in making a red carpet dress. They're not cheap. It requires a ton of labor, a ton of fabric. And so when it pays off in that moment, it's so special. Agreed. I too loved that dress. The body of it is kind of like an orange sequin and it has these beautiful adorned sequin flowers all over it, which I feel like is something that I am seeing so much in fashion right now. These like applique rosettes and flowers are just everywhere. And it was such a beautiful look. I'm really excited to see more from that designer. Definitely. And it was also a lot of fun. I feel like people want to see fun, you know, sometimes yeah. serious. you're just like, okay, great. But like, once you see something fun, you're like, wow, I love this. Like just makes you smile. It makes you like, just get excited. Like, you know, it just shows someone's personality when they show up in something fun and something with color, something with a pop. You're like, wow, this is fun. You know, you could tell the person has that type of personality that they wear it. Something that I find interesting, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. So we just talked about Misohi, Colin Lacasio. There are a few other emerging designers that I love. Like I love Tay Park, Brooklyn-based designer, making mm -hmm. really, really beautiful, tailored, well-crafted, I would say elevated everyday wear. It feels like a beautiful like ribbed corset top, really well-made pants. And then I also think of brands like Mimchick, who you and I both love. The designers are friends of ours. So go check that out too. I think that they're what they're doing is really fun. But you know, when I look at all of these designers 
And the price point for all of them is either like couture, sequin, the most expensive thing in the world. What do you think right now about the state of fashion that's encouraging all these designers, especially emerging designers, to come in and create things at a high price point? I think they come up with a price point based on the labor, based on the creativity, based on all the work that they put into each piece. A lot of it is handmade. So I do understand that when they spend 24 hours working on one top or one suit, like it's going to be expensive because it has to be worth it for them. So I definitely think that's where price points come about. But of course, like the materials could be expensive or, or their, or their technique could be expensive. Just, you know, so I feel like there's always those type of things that you have to think that goes into it, especially when it comes to knitwear, like they're making it with their hands. So yeah, they have to be paid for the, for the work and time they put into it. I feel like it's one of two things. I think that these designers have such incredible taste level and are bringing such, again, unique identity to the table. But I also feel like these young designers are seeing an avenue of sustainability that might not be the traditional, quote unquote, sustainable mold. But, you know, someone like Miss Sohi can say, I don't want to mass produce gowns. I want to find a person and make them this really special specific garment where I know I'm only using an X amount of fabric and not diving into overproduction. So I feel like it's a, a really another interesting take. I know Mimchik focuses on dead stock fabrics as well. I know that their price point, I think their leather jacket is around $1,200. Like they're going for this expensive price point, but also focusing on sustainability. So I think it's going to be an interesting thing that we see in the next few years. These designers that are coming in and, and they are producing at a really high price point for the sake of sustainability. It's so true. And it's also their one man show. So I, so I totally get it. You know, like I get it that they're in their apartment, sitting with the sewing machine, sitting there making these beautiful pieces. Like, and they, they also like a lot of them, like, it's very hard. Like you said, they don't want to overproduce. They want to produce as they get a sale or they want to like make customs, you know, until they get reached out from Net-A-Porter and they get like a big order or an essence, you know, but they start, I feel like just making one of ones and really just like showing the world what they're about. And then I feel like sales come in through Instagram or emails or, and so on through their website. I think this is like for, if for anyone listening right now that wants to start a brand, I think what you just said is pretty nail on the head on how to survive as a new designer today. I think going into it and making these mass collections that maybe you don't know are going to sell and trying to identify your identity through, you know, this one piece and making it marketable, like we said earlier, I think that's honestly the best advice I would probably give today. Thank you. Who else is on your radar? Who else are you loving right now? There's so many. I know. You know, it's so crazy. I feel like Every day, all I do is sit on Instagram and look at fashion. But then I'll go to Albert's Instagram and there are like hundreds more people I have never heard of. Your discovery is so amazing. It's crazy. I just want to like, I just want to meet everyone. I just want to like see all these people just thrive. Like it's just, they're so talented. And it's just so cool to like find them. Like they could be a student in, in Japan, just studying in college. And I'm like, you could change the world, you know, and then like we'll post them. And then next thing you know, Billie Eilish will wear them or it's really so cool. And I'm so appreciative for all the amazing support and all the amazing things that have happened for all these young designers. So I, I just I'm I'm really excited. You brought up Bakmai. Is it Bakmai? Bakmai. Yeah, Bakmai. He was on the Oscars this weekend. He was at the after party on Meg Thee Stallion. He did a custom look with Luxury Law, actually. 
And should we talk about that really quickly while we're here? Breaking news. We got it is Tuesday morning. I love him, too. But what did he just post on Instagram? I know I I literally spoke to him yesterday because we're, we're supposed to be working on a project together. And I reached out and like, hey, I was like, hey, low, what's up? And then all of a sudden this came out and I'm like, oh, my God, I hope I hope everything's OK. Like, I hope he's not leaving fashion because he literally like like he is holds fashion. fashion. He holds up fashion and he keeps it so exciting. And he really is the goat. For those of you who don't know what's happening and might have missed the memo, Law Roach this morning posted something to his Instagram with like a retired sign and basically said, like, my cup is empty. I'm out of, you know, I'm out of juice. I if fashion was just about the clothing, I'd be doing this forever. But between the politics and the like, I think he said false narratives. He was like, I'm out. You guys won. And I'm just like, wow, this is a this is major news for the fashion industry. So Albert and I are, of course, reeling. Yeah, okay. no, no. It, I was very, very sad. I don't think it's the end. Fashion needs him and, and we Fashion need him. Does, yeah. I, I yeah. don't think it's the end, especially Zendaya. Like, who's going to style her for the Met Gala, you know? I so know. Mm-hmm. I, there's amazing stylists, amazing, amazing stylists. Yeah, but Law is like... Are yeah. like I loved what Megan the Stallion wore. I really loved, and this is a designer that I've been watching for a little while, Lever Couture. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, I just think... The Thames wore. I, that's what Thames wore, which, by the way, I mean, what do you think about all the backlash that she's getting for wearing a hooded dress and blocking um, people's view? Blocking people? I think that's what comes with it. You know, I think there's so many situations like that. Like Tommy Cash was at the the Y Project show wearing a huge mattress and people probably couldn't see the show either. But I think that's what it comes with. Like when you want to be over, like when you want to be extravagant and when you want to do something different and, and really be a showstopper. You need to wear something big like that. You want to wear something like that that's really big and and fun. I know, and I, I almost bad. was like, could they move that? I at first I was like, oh, couldn't she t- just take it off? But obviously it's part of the dress. But I love this designer so much. I, I think I also felt bad for Thames because I don't think she realized that that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden she was getting all this backlash, and she looked really beautiful. And it was obviously a huge moment for her. I think no one goes into these situations with any like malintent. I just think it was. An accident. Definitely. It happens. It happens. It's definitely something celebrities should like be on the lookout for more, like because they never know where they're going to be seated. You know, right, right. And I don't know. They don't want to do that. You know, they don't want to block someone's view. Of course That's not. not. That's what I was saying. Like, and she supported a Ukrainian young designer, which was yes. really cool also. So I was really excited. Oh, they're Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That's incredible. Yeah. It almost feels like tool in motion. Like it's like. There's a look that Heidi Klum wore to the Avatar premiere, so random, but she wore something from Lever and she looked like she was just swimming underwater in this dress. Like the dress was the movement around her. And I love this designer. I think it's so innovative. It's so stunning. I haven't really seen anything like it before. So I hope we continue to see more of it. It's just so cool. No, it's so true. I love that like effect that you said, like the water, like that just beautiful effect where you just like see someone swimming in this like dress. First thing I compared it to was if someone like took a big jug of milk and like threw it and then froze it while it it was like in air. That's all I could. That's all I could compare it to. That's so true. But it's so interesting how they keep that beautiful structure in the dress. You know, it's not easy to ship. It's not easy to even put on, I'm sure. Again, I'm really excited about all these designers really going for it with these couture, sequined, just really bold looks. It's very fun. Very here for it. Right. Yeah. Is there anyone? I, I brought up Mimchik and Zankov, which both are still 
pretty expensive. But is there anyone in maybe the the lower price range that you can think of that excites you as a designer? So I love Prolove. Prolove's a Ukrainian designer as well. Just the most beautiful pieces. Like Oh wow. He's showing me on his Instagram right now and I am floored. How really do you spell it? Pieces. I actually discovered him for love F F R O L O V heart is this thing. And his and his pieces all like have like heart details in it, whether the structure is a heart, whether there's a heart print on it, a cutout. Oh, beautiful. Oh my gosh. Beautiful, beautiful pieces. I actually discovered him a year ago when I went to go visit a Ukrainian showroom of all different designers. Amazing. And he was there and and I promoted him and I shared his work and I've been like pushing his work and Beyonce wore him actually recently wow. for the Dubai performance. So he really took off from that. But his pieces are really beautiful and people are going crazy for his stuff. Um, yeah, these dresses are stunning and there's a wide range on here. And the craftsmanship of these, you know, getting these are with the heart kind of inserted. This is really beautiful. Right. You want to talk about lower point pieces. There's this designer named God Body by Angel Walker. Basically, she creates these beautiful, beautiful skirts, like mini skirts, $200 skirts, but they actually like are very big statement piece. How do you like spell a, it? God Body, G-O-D-B-O-D-Y. Oh, it has very a, like, cool. Fire Those are, back, yeah. Really it's basically fun, a like, skirt with like an applique on it of a flame. It's These are very cool. Wow. I'm also obsessed with this, with this girl named July Han. She creates these really cool skirts and shirts where it's like twisted. So like the tie will be like going like vertical, like, but like tilted. It's like really, really like interesting. It's like a preppy look. Cool. It looks like she's being blown away. It looks like she's at school Mm -hmm. in a uniform being blown the other direction. I love uniqueness. I love when like, I I haven't seen before, but obviously something that I've seen before, but with a unique touch to it. Like I've seen a shirt and tie before, but I never saw a collar going, like being like twisted. And, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that you see every day being on social media and just being in fashion that you're just like, wow, this is like amazing. How'd they even come up with this idea? It's amazing. And I think that's the most fun thing about discovering new designers, people that show you a new perspective. Definitely. This was really fun. I love talking new designers with you. If you guys want to hear more or obviously a ton of the people he just mentioned are on his Instagram, go to Up Next Designer on Instagram and on Twitter and follow Albert because he is, I promise you, your number one source into the coolest new designers in the fashion industry. Thank you so much. I love you, Liz. This is so fun. Good. I'm so glad. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Bs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.